Right. Hello. Hi guys. We're we're outside. The wind is not that bad today. It's balmy. Right now, it's a balmy. <laughs> what did you say? Eight degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. So we're sat here, you know, in uh, shorts and uh, vest t-shirts. I've got a little cocktail umbrella and a drink <laughs> now. I haven't. I haven't even got a drink. You it's definitely. Sad state of I mean, affairs. there could be people listening in uh, Northern Europe who are like, "Yeah, cool. All yeah. right, eight degrees. Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel like eight degrees. I think it might be a lie. It's, you know what it is that makes it not feel like eight degrees? What? The wind. Yeah. <laughs> the wind is the problem. Anyway, but we're not here to moan about the wind again. <laughs> we're going to talk about where you've got it in front of you. Do you want to read the proper, the proper official title in your best book, uh, book reading voice, please? Do you really want it? Okay. Yeah, please. Evolutionary Playwork and Reflective Analytic Practice by Bob Hughes. That's my best. You, you sound like the lady that used to do the um, Key Stage 2, like maths. Mm. Did you remember at school yet? Did you have a I have tape? That was me. Oh, yeah. No. Um, and the on the back it says, <laughs> no, the, uh, well, nothing more scary than the lady who does, as I said to you the other day, the mental maths questions on the teacher training yeah. math skills thing where you have to put the headphones on. trains are travelling. No, her voice is oh, really? like, a teacher travels yeah. 35 <laughs> miles with all her students in the back of the coach. Petrol costs 7p. What is the day today? Like, I don't know. You're scaring me. Anyway, anyway, on the the back of the the book, book. it says, are children losing out on their most fundamental human right, the right to play? And uh, then it says, play is a crucial component in the development of all children. In this comprehensive and accessible text, Bob Hughes explores the complexities of children's play, its meaning and purpose, and argues that adult free play is vital to the psychological well-being of the child. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, isn't it? That is about as concise as this book manages to get. Yeah. And it is not a concise book to read. I that is my out of it's only two hundred and sixty odd pages. It's dense. But isn't my it? god is it like wading through treacle. Yeah. But uh, it's very valuable treacle. Yeah. You get you wade through the treacle and then you get a little nugget of gold and you're like, Oh my god, that's amazing and then you have to wade through And then get back in the treacle. You have to be completely not like um completely focused and not distracted in order to focus on it. So this is this is one of the things I was gonna I was going to kind of wait to the end, but I actually I think it's quite useful to say at the start is um, I'd be interested to hear what you think. I don't necessarily know who this book is for. Mm-hmm. As a re- as a reader, it's it is it's it's so academic, mm-hmm. like in terms of it's very high minded and very yeah. And the way it's written with the just the, the type of writing is very difficult to read, and I think. Uh, if you weren't used to reading that mm-hmm. type of work, it'd be very difficult to do. Yeah. But the message inside it almost seems like it wants you to be someone who's very hands-on and with the community and mm. down and dirty <coughs> with the kids. And I would say those two, two well, Venn diagram. I don't think those Venn circles. You know what? I know meet. exactly what you're saying. And I think when was this? When was this written? This was written in the 90s, wasn't it? But he kind of comes from that 70s, 80s world of uh, playwork, when playwork was a viable thing yeah. that people knew about, uh, well, some people knew about, and adventure playgrounds were all over the place. And so I think that's almost part of the book that he's saying, we are all, you know, we're play workers, we're in the playwork community, and we are these people who are, you know, hands-on with the kids, as you say, like really um, yeah. practical and, uh, yeah, 
outdoors and all weathers and all that. Grassroots people. Grassroots people. But he argues for that to have a background of of proper research and academic mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. behind it, which is what I really like. So I was really searching for something like that when I came across this book, and so it kind of yeah. ticked a lot of boxes for me because. Um, uh, he's kind of arguing that this isn't just this isn't just us working on instinct and going oh yeah this would probably be a good thing to do with the kids this is thinking about well, why though why is play so vital and where does it come from and what are we facilitating when we are doing our jobs I suppose it's a very uh, high I, I see it as a very high le- high level version of um, that that idea that lo- that, go- that is very prominent in forest school where fr- you go from the outside this looks like yes, playing exactly on the inside you go yeah. there is um <coughs> a level three trained person yeah. inside doing all this stuff and this is almost like from the outside it might look like even less has been put in mm. but from it, from the nuts and bolts inside of it he's talking about like some of this i swear you could write your little phd yeah stuff on it it it, it and, and i like you say, if if that did used to be a viable option to be, mm. it's almost like the social respect of the job of play worker mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't almost merit someone sitting down and reading thirty odd books like this to be able to go and run a toddler group where you charge two pound mm. a week and the kid you know yeah. you know and. Um, but I think this was coming at a time when um, governments had invested money in. Um, uh, event playgrounds and yep. they were free and it yep. was like a it was like a whole strand of kind of community uh, um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah you know facilities that was really hopeful and was going to be like a way to solve a lot of problems in society and that was the thing that was mm-hmm. going to be offered free at the point of use staffed you know by people who knew what they were talking about and who were trained and who could write stuff like this um and then it just went down the drain a lot of it and mm. um but interesting to think that perhaps there's going to be a resurgence of this kind of work and whether this it would book be amazing become, yeah well there's so much more talk about play now isn't there there's a real mm-hmm. kind of um and scotland and wales are doing loads on it and um i think england's kind of from what i can see a little bit far behind in terms of actual provision for it um but there is a movement of parents as well who are backing it and backing it in schools and you know talking about a more play-led curriculum which is really cool um what did you think about the whole kind of stuff he's talking about about evolution about the um yeah the ancient reasons for play because i found that really interesting do you remember that bit i did yeah i did find it very interesting i think um so he's talking isn't he about so children playing through the evolution of yeah. man and, and there's a nice bit um, uh, I didn't make a note of it but where he talks about in broad terms uh, you know ages 3 to 4 are mm-hmm. discovery and something else and ages 7 to 9 are exploring, hunting, chasing yeah. and ages I think it's like 7 to, uh, no 9 to 12 are like well, actually, I thought that was interesting because he, he I remember the last one was nine, 12 to 19, and mm-hmm. he said that was dolls and pets. Oh, and planting. Isn't it planting? And like Well, it might have been, but that idea of like nurturing and, and growing. Yeah. But actually, I wondered whether that tied into more of a, historically, when would people have started having children mm. between the ages of 12 to 19? So it makes mm. perfect sense evolutionary that that's when something kicks in there. Mm. But now, as a society, we go, mm. kids... You, yeah. people have children later and later and so it's like oh where is possibly you might have met that need 
with an actual baby? Yeah, yeah, maybe. No, it's it's a need of. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna talk this out through play. Yeah. Um. I think it's. It. It is an interesting idea. I think what I found difficult about the book. Um, uh, now he makes the point quite a few times um, that assessing children as a group or an or, or or anything other than an individual entity is is sort of frowned upon. And um, he talks about it in broad terms, in terms of saying things like he's working in one setting where there are. Um, immigrant families from Poland and immigrant families from um, <coughs> uh, I can't remember where now he's saying they speak uh, Urdu yeah and um, he's saying that it's really one of the things that other settings fail at is that they go all these children who are speaking Urdu all need this thing and they put them in and it, and and saying all the children from Poland come from here and they have this and he's saying that's dangerous obviously mm. we, I think everyone would agree mm. that's a dangerous thing to do yeah um it's interesting that he advocates so hard for like your play space to have absolutely everything possible and all the space needed in it um, so that you can uh, yeah I guess I guess it just comes back to that thing doesn't it where uh, it's a bit like the, the thing with state schooling where you go the bigger the class size gets the less individual the teaching mm -hmm. gets yeah and I wonder how you marry that against a play space where you're not even directing an activity necessarily mm -hmm. how you set up a space that caters for everyone that, you mean that absolutely caters perfectly for everyone well i think he talks quite a lot about the children being involved in that though doesn't yeah. he so yeah. you are there as a facilitator and you you observe and you reflect and you think about what they you know what would what would help these kids out but they are involved in the design of the play space and you're not precious about it and if they want to build something you let them build and and i guess that's where i uh so it's an it's an issue not an issue it's a a thing that happens here as well where i wonder uh so building's a really good example because we have um so i'm pointing but you won't be able to see it <laughs> the the hole over there the new one mm. the small one we have one group of children who are um building a wall mm -hmm. and they dig the hole around and they put the it on hole. the outside mm -hmm. and they built you know and they've put stakes in and put sticks around the outside so there's then also a wall mm. uh, as well as the stick we have another group that come on a different day of the week mm. whose goal every time has been oh no 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 we've got to flatten it out so that the hole can be and there's this weird balance mm. of like so in one way i guess you could look at it and go that's brilliant. They're actually meeting each other's needs <laughs> because they're not, you know, one, yeah. maybe one group left to their own devices would build a 40 foot wall yeah. and would just keep going. But it's yeah. that balance of like, oh, it's not done. But um, yeah, when I think about a play space and meeting everyone's need, if one person's need interrupts another person's need, yeah. whether they're there at that time. So they yeah. talk about having a space so that you can go, oh, you can build over there and you can, I don't know, um, pretend to have pet dogs over here and, yeah. and we won't get interrupted <clears throat> but if you do you, do you know yeah, where I'm I going do with this mean, I and I think and I uh, recognize that also obviously and if you have two children at home that is also a thing that is a constant yeah. thing yeah. and I think for me it comes down to um, we want the best vision we want the children to be happy but actually 
the best for the children is not a lack of conflict. Conflict is good. So opportunities for conflict and conflict resolution um, are all positive, I think, Um, which is hard to accept but is true so whether or not the children with the differing needs are there at the same time and it is actually a real conflict happening right now face to face or whether it is a kind of oh they've come in and they've done this yeah Yeah. oh i'm really frustrated and i want to know um and you as mediator kind of helping the children through that disappointment through that challenge and coming to it and you actually i think a lot of the time we go oh no what's going to happen when they do that what's going to happen they're going to like really flip out and sometimes we over imagine what they're going to how they're going to react and Mm -hmm. sometimes they'll surprise us by going oh yeah i am so oh i guess i guess this i guess we could let them you know they'll often come up with their own solutions Mm. if you don't preempt it too much yeah um so i kind of yeah i I see it as a like hmm i'm making mental note that could be an area of conflict and i'm going to be ready to help them through that if they need me to but I'm not going to stop it happening yeah, through fear yeah, yeah, of conflict yeah, type thing. Um, and every situation is going to be different. Some are going to need, oh no, this is their thing. We're going to leave this for them. Yeah. And some things are going to be like, well, actually you don't always have control over things when you're not mm-hmm. here. Other people are here. Think about that. There's an opportunity for empathy. There's an opportunity to imagine the world without you in it. And that happens, you know, that's a massive That's a big thing, game. isn't it? Yeah. That you're not the main character. Yeah. And I, knew, um, I mean, yeah. there's adults, aren't there still, that don't yeah, get yeah. that they're not the main yeah, character. Completely. All of us are guilty of that. Um, Going back to the evolutionary thing, yeah, I yeah, thought um, there was a strong argument that see, like when you when you put it upon people, they kind of look at you like you're a bit crazy, and because it is quite a strong idea, but um, I quite like it, which is that um, play is cross cultural, so all humans mm-hmm. play, and mm-hmm. all humans play in like similar ways, no matter what their cultural yeah, um, yeah, yeah. environment and how they were born, etc and so he argues that that this is how we have evolved not only are we playing through as as yeah, we are children playing through the stages of human evolution but this is how we have evolved we have play is um responding to the situation that you're in the environment that you're in and how you make sense of that and it's safe practice play is yeah. safe practice that's how i An think of it it's yeah. like you can't run out and chase the tiger the first time yeah because you'll die yeah you have to go you pretend to be a tiger yeah, yeah. and let's play and that's all oh, you yeah. got me what would that be like yeah. oh gosh I'm glad it wasn't an actual tiger yeah. it's that thing isn't Completely. it it's safe practice and that humans are one of the few animals that has that ability to like beyond that then or just also watch things and go oh okay that could happen to me through watching yeah. and all the rest of it and that's how we've evolved to get where we are and he argues that through and this is very much about um adult free play isn't it as well this is completely this is a bundle of kids in an adult free zone uh, experiencing sometimes quite frightening play risky play negotiating with one another being in the situation that as a parent we would go holy crap you know i can't see them i don't know what they're doing holy knows holy holy lord knows what they're up to and you know i don't know if you have similar things but the book made me recall my own play experiences of some really super dangerous stuff that we were doing. We were like dragging, like found this rubbish dump and dragging like huge panes of glass and like bits of sharp corrugated metal to, to build dens basically. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then the bloke who owned the scrapyard found us stealing all of his stuff basically and dragging <laughs> doors into the woods and like went mental at us and we were like, ah, I'm running away. It's all like, japes, ha <laughs> ha, japes. It's like, if your kid came home and told you they were doing that, like, See, I yeah, I don't think I have. Uh, but you're you're slightly almost in the next generation to me in that kind of world. Oh no, I think I, so I yeah, very definitely more than um, slightly. And ah. and um, I don't think my mum will have any issue with that. My mum yeah. was 
not overprotective, but she was a very well. But more like a parent now. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because you know, yeah. I'm younger than you. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so his point is that if you are denying children that complete free, adult-free yeah. play, you are basically stopping human, e- human evolution. Like, it's as serious as that. Like, our evolution, evolution is, yeah. is continuing, and it's continuing in the world that we're in right now, and the world is changing, and so it isn't, it's not necessarily about, like, going, yes, all children should be playing at the bottom of the field by the scrapyard in the woods and getting bellowed at by yeah. a bloke, you know, yeah. it is about the world as it currently is, but um, always being there and always being present means that they never get into that play cycle that is yeah. true yeah. play that is going to facilitate, like, the next step of of human yeah. evolution, yeah. which I find, like, whoa, that's pretty I think that's, that's, pretty that's another part that I would say is um, I wasn't expecting going into the book and again I think it ties into how academic the book Mm. or possibly not academic but why the book comes across when you read it like treacle is that um, comparatively that I think there are lots of books at the moment coming out about play Mm. and lots of people talking about play Um, and I guess one element of it is uh, lots of people are coming at play from a an the benefit to almost the benefit to adults perspective of like play helps children learn quicker and And you're like actually what you're saying there is you have to do less work Mm. because your kids play which is one thing of it there's another thing where i think as you're saying people are talking about play um as the benefits to the children but almost on a shallow level Mm -hmm. of like oh it helps them feel happier and they get to explore and try new ideas and this book is almost slamming (coughs) a sledgehammer down Mm. on every point and going like it is the main driver Mm. of human evolution and like you cannot progress and all this stuff and then i think because as well so he's he's talking about play working um and in one part he defines a child as anyone up to 19 mm-hmm. and quite I would say quite a lot of the book that jumped out at me was was that he almost almost ignores I would say uh, below seven as like they'll just be playing mm. and quite often talks about like the need that preteens have for, or what mm. you might call now adolescents have for playing you know mm. and he's talking about like two 16 year olds yelling racist things at each other mm. and I, that, so that, that one of the bits that I disagree or there's a, like a, a section that is like almost the anarchist's manifesto mm-hmm. where he I, I sent a note to you I don't know if you saw it about it um, where it's like in, in a play working play space there is no moral right and wrong racism oh, yes. is as yeah, good yeah, as yeah. not being racist yes, being yeah, in a dictatorship is as good as being yeah, in a democracy really there's no yeah. and he's really like yeah. you should have not you should have no impact but you should put no judgment judgment on mm. any of it you know yeah. you should let the kids be racist if they want to be racist if they, yeah. you know and oh, i don't uh, know if he necessarily says or, that he well he talks about the kids then them almost going through so if, if we're talking yeah. about evolution yeah. it's a condensed form of like if you look at say the last oh, i was going to say 200 years but it's longer than that isn't it where peoples around the world have come had an idea of like this race is but i'm doing mm. racism because it's an yeah. easy one to talk about um this race is better than this race mm. then you go through a period of horribleness mm. then you go either you realize on your own accord or somebody makes the case mm. and convinces you and then you get to a I mean, yeah. I don't think anyone would say we're at a point where, like, racism no, 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 is gone, no. but we're going through that. And I think what he's saying is, like, 
if you don't let children as individuals go through that like mm -hmm. having a viewpoint being horrible about it realizing yeah. they're wrong yeah, if you just jump on it and go yeah i know and I, I found but, that really but, difficult to read but, as well. yeah i don't know whether i agree with it and i think part of um part of what i do think about this book is it does even if it doesn't give you the answers it does give you a lot of food for thought about what our role is mm -hmm. not uh, and and i think you said before i started reading it you said um you're going to go away thinking it's it's absolutely gospel and then and then it start you start to sort of go you sort of a lesson on it and yeah. we've talked about that with stuff like <coughs> alfie cone or like mm -hmm. with other kind of books where you you finish the book and you go this is the new yeah, bible yeah, and yeah. i shall live by it and yeah. two months later you go yeah a lot of it's stuck but there I have some I have some yeah. issues with this bit and this bit and this bit. Yeah. Um, and I almost found immediately going through the book that I was going, yeah, no, I see where you're coming from, but I'm not so sure. And I wonder whether, I'm not sure whether it's an ego-driven thing. I don't think it is. But that I see, I think he sees the role of a, uh, as a, an authentic play worker to have, just to be facilitated, almost mm. be... Um, you know, you know, in Kabuki theatre, they have mm. the people who are stagehands and they wear basically all black jumpsuits and they move the furniture and they're not mm. actually part of the scene. And I think that's a good metaphor for what he would say play workers are. Mm. They're not necessarily visible. They just create this and, and move I that in don't that know. way. I know what you mean. I don't know why you say that. But I really like the section... Um towards the end about like different types of play worker so mm -hmm. which we've spoken about as well yeah. and so um he definitely uh makes the case for the flow of um communication to come from child to adult all the time so mm -hmm. instead of it being adult led and top down it is you are there and he and and the flow of communication and energy should come from the child and uh, he gives he gives some really good descriptions of types of play worker and um I'm trying to find them now to see what they're what they're called but um he basically describes the ideal play worker as somebody who sort of looks like they're busy but is completely utterly approachable at all times so if children are are playing you want to give them that feeling of completely uh, child owned space and time but there you are kind of busying yourself in the background and so if a child needs you any point whether it's just a glance at you and check that you're there and they're safe they've got that but if they want to come and speak to you and ask you to play then they can um that, that kind of about that kind of preoccupied yeah, yeah and um and he says it's about three meters let's see yeah, okay. yeah it says which yeah. i which i then imagined three meters and i was like mm. that's not far it's not far it's not far i'm sure he would say that actually it would also be I would say it's more of a grey area in terms I would say you want to be uh, it, <laughs> I'd probably summarise it uh, if I was talking about forest school as like you need to be um, like 30 or 40% visible yeah so if so I wear a bright orange hat so yeah. that I can be much further away yeah and people can and the kids can go Lewis is there I can see him he's at the top of the hill yeah um but, but yeah. yeah go on sorry i, I found it now it's a, so the indifferent approach basically so it's perceived indifference so appearing to be busy doing other things while sensitized to a particular situation um so although you give the impression of being otherwise engaged your total concentration will be focused on the children and their state so they don't feel overlooked uh, but if they need an intervention from the play worker then it can happen and they're and they're free to play but um yeah feel supported um and then he gives um some kind of not so great types of play worker um and sort of says that we all slip into those not so great 
um, roles sometimes when we're feeling burnt out or feeling like we've got people on our back saying you've got to get this result or whatever mm-hmm. um, but the but he does make the, the enthusiast approach which we've spoken about before so the yep. kind of person who is like a bit of a big, a big kid, kid. Yeah, has yeah. that kind of boundless energy and enthusiasm um, he says that actually that's that's also really great it's just that you need a bit of the uh, other approach the kind of um, perceived and different approach as well mm. so that the children don't completely rely on you yeah, as the, the thing, springboard for play all the time and that's what I've you read this book a, uh, a few months ago now and that was the thing that you summarised to me most was that I am quite often the big kid and the one you know my way of initiating games is just like I will be 100% committed to this game for the next five minutes Yeah. but then yeah uh, I do sometimes burn out and then you realise that they that's what it's almost that thing of like uh, if you've got a group of a group or an individual child who as soon as you stop doing that we'll just follow you and go what what are we doing what are we playing you realise that actually you haven't given them any tools you haven't given them what they needed all you've done is like not distracted but you've you haven't given them the ability to like pull stuff out of nothing and like but if you didn't he talks about boredom as well doesn't he Mm -hmm. he's saying that boredom is an important thing for um, kids to be to sort of exposed to maybe I'm thinking of a different book now Mm. um but uh, anyway, uh, and, and that idea that actually that need per, for me that need to be the enthusiast and to mm. go like, okay, we're going to play a game. Mm. Um, it's almost like a ticking of how long can I wait before I do that? Yeah, as yeah. much as how yeah, long yeah. can I let the kids sit? It's yeah. like how long can I sit there and watch someone yeah. struggle before I go? Yeah. Well, oh, let's just go and play this yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and do whatever. Um, but as we said last week, sometimes there are times when like it's really cold, and oh, you do yeah. have to be the enthusiast to be like, right, I can't let you get bored and colder now. I have to be this of play course. worker and do the thing. Yeah, and, and did yeah. that on Wednesday, and literally thought about that. It's like sometimes mm. you just you have. No, there are some children who who have never had the opportunity to uh, lead their own play and have always had an adult so you can't just plonk them in the woods and expect them to just have this magical experience you know yeah. they they need they do you need, need to them. meet them where they yeah. are and i love that um that analogy of a springboard you know so you're not going right everybody the program today is this that and the other you are there to provide a little springboard so mm-hmm. i'm going to do this thing either i'm going to show you something or i'm going to initiate this game or i'm going to ask you this question or tell you this story and yes that part is adult led but it's a springboard and you can take that in wherever you, mm. whatever direction you want to take it so yeah. after that if you say if you grab me and say I want to do, make this thing now because of that game we played yeah. then that's cool if you don't if you want to just go okay thanks for that bye I'm off now that's yeah. fine too it's a yeah there's a good sorry come on um, big breath yeah sorry I'm rabbiting I haven't even had any coffee well I was going to dig out so in this book it has play plus, plus environment yeah. equals experience and evaluation yeah. Which equals, and this is where it becomes treacle, yeah. molecular slash atomic building blocks yeah. applicable to most situations. So but I that's think like schemas. It is, so I just think it's an interesting idea that it's the play plus the environment mm. gives you an experience and evaluation. Mm. And it's those things of, uh, when we're thinking about forest school, it's like, if I was looking at it... I feel like we do this a lot and, and it might be a good comparison it's not but again comparing to state school that kind of I would say you get an environment mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a good environment but you get a classroom environment mm-hmm. um, which then results in an experience 
there's probably not play mixed with the environment. Mm -hmm. I mean, in early years, yes, mm -hmm. but less so as you move through the school. Um, and in evaluation, I would say that's one of the biggest things that that kids are missing out on. It is that, um, like you were saying about you look back now and you go, mm. oh my god, I was stealing glass from a junkyard mm. and chasing someone away and all mm. these things and. Um, part of that if we're going to the evolution thing of safe play mm. is evaluating what mm. happened whereas if you are churned through the day you know nine o'clock is English then ten mm. o'clock is maths then we're gonna do this and then this and then this and then this and then you get her you get picked up and someone goes what did you do today mm. um, and it that's a very aggressive parent who picked up <laughs> my head. what did you do but what I mean is like you, uh, you're burnt out at the point where anyone <coughs> is giving you a chance to I mean some parents if a parent said, what did you do today? I'd argue that's, that's not a great question, but let's say there's a more perhaps progressive parent who just has a catch up at the end of the day or mm. sort of says like, oh, what was the best bit today? Or what did you mm. do? They're burnt out. Evaluating is hard. Yeah. Evaluating is really well, hard. I think he might be talking about as well, uh, like a play moment, so a completely utterly child-led moment. And, um, a child of any age playing with water for example so mm -hmm. we will notice when we their children of course we all expect preschool age children to be interested in playing with water flowing down a gutter pouring and floating schemas, a boat and yeah. pouring all that kind of shizzle but we will have kids age 12 doing exactly the oh, same yeah. thing and being as completely immersed and engrossed in the water rolling down the hill as a three-year-old mm -hmm. um which in school they just don't have that and that is completely child-led and so it's the environment plus the experience and then the evaluation is happening like second by second oh what is happening when I'm doing that thing oh mm. that kind of reminds me of the thing and oh if I did the thing and the thing this is how it sense this is how it felt sensory wise this is how it uh, these are the things that happened intellectually while I was doing that and so the evaluation yeah. because the entire experience is child-led and play-based the evaluation is second by second by second which the learning is so so deep and so flow, flow is yeah, constant evaluation exactly isn't it? Constant whereas feedback. that whole thing of like an adult-led activity we're doing maths and we're doing this thing and we're and blah, 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 blah. Um, we as teachers would be trained to do um, you know the three steps and the I've yeah. forgotten even the Sh must, should, must should could no no the uh, like the pre-learning task and then the learning and then the a plenary plenary a that's starter the word and I'm main looking. activity in so, a plenary and so that I guess <laughs> is the school-based equivalent of what we're talking about this is Bob Hughes yeah. equation and so the plenary would be some rubs thing like an exit card like everyone reflect on your learning and write something on a card and give it to me as you leave or everyone write something on a thing of paper and then scrunch it up and throw it at me at the front because we're making it fun but that's not the <laughs> same it's like you're forcing the children to evaluate something yeah that you set them and made them do. So that isn't evaluation, that's again, it's just like, what do they want to hear? Okay, I'm gonna do that. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole other, you can't you can't truly evaluate in that way something that has been child uh, adult initiated, I don't think. Yeah. But whoa, this is deep and heavy. This is deep. I was, gonna, I was gonna start, well, let's finish with- There's so much more to, to say. There is so much more to say, but, oh. but we're gonna run short. And I think without absolutely plagiarizing the book, we're gonna go so I think if I if we finish is there one or two things that you think after I read that book because you read like I said you read yeah. it a few months ago yeah and now you've had some time to put it into practice and try these out so what have been the things that you have gone the book has changed this for me I now think like this oh. or I now see this 
Um, or is it just a completely new set of like glasses and how you look at everything? I find that I don't know. I don't know. I think it did have a profound effect on me when I read it for yeah. sure. And I think it gave me, um, as we've spoken about quite often, kind of moving from being a mainstream teacher into forest school and mm -hmm. working in a whole new way with children and a, and a child-led way. Yeah. We often have that complete worry of like, but what am I doing? But mm -hmm. what am I doing? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, if someone looked at what I was doing, what would they say? They think I'm just standing here and they think, I, you know, and it's yeah. given me a lot more confidence in our um, way of working because it gives it gives you that kind of almost that, that academic backup to go, yep, we're not just doing this because we're lazy. Yeah. Yeah. We're not just doing this because it's easy. It's not easy, actually. No. It takes a lot of brain power and it is radical, but it's worth doing. And so I think that's the biggest effect it had on me. I would say, I think that um, everybody in their teacher training and forest school training should yeah. be learning Bob Hughes. So yeah, if we were going to run a training course, I would be cramming it full of Bob Hughes. What we haven't spoken about is um, the thing that most people come across with Bob Hughes. So if you if you have come across him, you've yeah. probably come across the play types. So we probably should have started with that and talked about the... Ah, oh, um, that's old hat. Everyone knows e that. That's everyone knows that. Well, if you don't know it, then yeah check it out and there's um perhaps we'll do another podcast session on like um evaluating your play space because that is well, really so good this is this, this is book. where i was going to go with the thing that i freshly out of the book mm. i'm thinking in um we talked a lot before about um being a forest school teacher is like having a thousand hats mm. because you go i am a bushcraft teacher no mm. i'm a play worker no i'm a um Forester, no, I'm a whatever, and actually, I think it's just given me another hat of like, um, I guess it would be like space designer, mm -hmm. yeah. In that, uh, and I think lots of people take a really hands-off approach to their setting, um, in that they the kind of idea that like the most extreme and pure of forest school would be where like you're in virginal woodlands that's never had a person mm. in and you go no no hands off completely mm. i'm doing all that but actually if you are meeting that fsa thing that where you go it's child led and it's meeting mm. holistic needs mm. you do have a role as a a person to go right actually i am still doing work for that group mm. three days after it when i am putting those stumps in place there or yeah. like when i'm clearing the path here or when i'm doing that actually i'm still working for yeah that that yeah. child that's going to be here in like four days time yeah um and still and not thinking of it as like i think before i read this i was thought of them as almost two separate things where it was like mm. i maintain a woodland and a forest school runs in my woodland right and now i think those venn diagrams have moved overlapping mm. and i'm now thinking okay i am a space designer yeah and I'm working with the natural world mm. to fight to to make a play space and yeah. I go okay I'm going to give a little bit here but I'm actually going to take a little bit here and I'm going to mm. find that balance between the two that's nice I think I'd recommend um having a little read of it I'm not sure if the Amazon uh if you could find it on Amazon if whether it would have a little synopsis uh, like a you know like a sample because mm. I do think like I said at the start if you don't get on with the reading style the writing style it's going to be a hard slog to get through i would disagree buy okay. it now buy it now bye bye bye, bye. um i okay. found well, it's i don't even know if it's still in print you know i found it on 
eBay for cheap. I'm just looking now. Well, if we find a, if we find it, we'll put it, the links in the um, show yeah. notes yes, for the yes, podcast, yes, yes, and yeah. then people can go directly there. I would say definitely buy it because there's some uh, there are some bits. Yeah, okay, it's on the eBay for twelve quid. Um, uh, it's got a very like it's the most boring looking book in the world, isn't it? It's like a really uh, looks like it came from university. It did, you know. Yeah. It's got like kites on the front, but it's yeah. Uh, but it's got some really nice ways to evaluate your play space and little graphs and diagrams and stuff so there are bits that aren't that treacly you could read a chapter at a time i would say yeah go for it okay cool good as again reviews on itunes really help share it with people send us an email children the forest at outlook.com uh we've got some new stuff coming up in the works we might be interviewing some guests Podcast talking guests. to other people other than just us making our echo chamber yeah. and agreeing with each other yeah. um, but otherwise we're going to get cracking on a, a session so we'll see you later bye bye